Welcome to The Scoop, brought to you by Indeed, your weekly dose of internal talent news from here and around the globe. So grab your popcorn and open your mind as I hand you over to our anchors from Tarpod, Lauren Sharp and Craig Watson. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Scoop. I'm Craig. And I'm Lauren. Yes, we are your Ron Burgundy and Veronica Corningstone of TA News. Did you, down under. did you see how I just made my name Craig? Three syllables. Craig. <laughs> hey, it's been a funny old week in news, hasn't it? Um, I know oh, you've got a couple of good gosh. ones. I've, got, I've new- got a few goodies. All right. Well, I'll kick off if you don't mind this week. The well, first it's one- been funny bloody week like i know uh we're coming back after the um the summer that was not because it hasn't really warmed up mm. and uh, i think the doors hit a few people on the bum on the way back in the building and they're just uh, a bit of a rude awakening this week oh, don't worry we got you back we've got all of the recruitment news that you need to hear and i'm starting with one from the uk um this oh. was published in the standard but also it came via hung lee this week in recruiting recruitment stalwart in the uk is signed up for celebrity brig brother Oh, I read this. This is hilarious. I know. So Gary Goldsmith, who's made £30 million from his own IT recruitment business, but he was hit by a scandal in 2009 when he was seen measuring cocaine with a sex worker in Ibiza. Uh, He's also the uncle of Princess Catherine, (laughs) Princess of Wales. He's been married four times, and in 2017 he admitted punching his fourth wife, Julianne, in the face after a night drinking at a charity event. Uh, He avoided jail but was fine. he sounds like a real keeper. I know, right. He's been dubbed as the oh. black sheep of the family, but he's insisted people like to think I'm a bad boy, but I'm not really. So what I'm thinking is there's no, just a wanker. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> but I'm thinking there's hope for you, Lauren. Maybe the call up for Love Island is just around the corner. Oh, Jesus Christ on a bike. <laughs> no, we've just worked out, um, which we'll all hear next week on the Monday, that uh, I'm an emotionally stunted human being. <laughs> we all are. We After all are. doing uh, a psychometric <laughs> test and personality test. Yeah, well, anyway, we already knew that one. What fucking wanker that guy is, though. Yeah, could be good with television. Cashing in on his family celebrity when with royalty. I just think, oh, it's just like, why don't you go join the Markle family? <laughs> he probably will next. What? What oh, have you God, got to yeah. kick us off with? Right. Well, I've got a bit of a good news story coming Wait. out of shortlist. Employers report much stronger hiring intentions for 24. Brilliant. Almost all Australian employers, 95%, intend to maintain or increase their permanent headcount this year, while 91% to do the same with contract positions, according to Robert Half Research. These numbers are 20 to 28% um, percentage points higher than last year. What brilliant So this is a good sign, people. Some 50% of employers plan to add new permanent positions, 45% only plan to backfill, Hmm. and 3% aren't filling vacant perm roles and 2% are reducing headcount, the data shows. So that's pretty pretty promising data, actually, that we are seeing a bit of a move forward. So um, meanwhile, 33% are planning to add new contract positions, okay, which is actually pretty good, Um, and 6% are freezing contract um, recruitment. But contract always jumps up in the lieu of lack of permanent employment because obviously it's easier to manage your headcount in times of, of, of company stress if you've got contractors in. Well, I so think, that does help. I think there's a collective thank fuck sigh that just after hearing that from you there, Lauren. Mm. It's going to be some interesting data. We just sort of get it down to a bit more segmented here. It's fifty four percent of CIOs are planning to add new positions. That's not just backfilling. 
Wow, that's which good. is a good thing. And forty four percent of CFOs are planning to expand as well. Wow, that's good. Everyone, start start start. talent pulling people. I think it's going to happen because we've still got like our unemployment is still under four percent, and we've still got issues with getting people over here, which we know with the housing crisis. So it's also still a candidate short market. We're getting a lot of candidates applying at the moment with the new year, but I think that's going to taper off and you're going to be looking to partner with your um, recruitment partners in regards to getting contractors on board and trying to tap into that market so that you're not across. So because as we know, as TA people, we can't do everything. Exactly right. Contrary and- to popular belief. And in preparation for the upturn in hiring over this um, 2024, I've got one from Recruiting Headlines by Tamara Holmes. Four Mm. resolutions every recruiter should make this year. Number one, embrace AI. It will change the recruitment landscape if it's not already and continue to evolve. Number two, keep the human touch in recruiting. The one way to differentiate what you do from robots is human connection. Do not underestimate it. Number three, up your social media game. If you're sourcing the best talent, you have to go where the talent is. For employers looking to recruit Gen Z, that will likely mean TikTok. TikTok. Oh, I can't wait till we get a Tarpod TikTok account. It's coming. And number four, take more time off. Typically, resolutions focus on ways to get more done and increase productivity. This list is no different, but resolution number four helps you to arrive at more productivity in a somewhat counterintuitive way. Research shows that taking time off can increase both your productivity and your creativity and your mental health. So there you go, four little things to do to become a better recruiter this year. Yeah, we'll just add that to the ever-growing list from last year that I haven't got through yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you better. Oh, my God, I know. I'm such a Debbie Downer today. (laughs) (laughs) What's next? Anyway. This one, I'm, I I read this and I thought, oh, this is a good one, considering we have 28 days to go now until Wajia announce mm. uh, their numbers and data from last year on the gender wage gap. And as we all know, it's no longer anonymous. <laughs> imagine, everyone imagine Lauren just sitting there with their calendar in front of her ticking every oh, day off. Oh, I can't freaking wait. I'm down, all over it like a fat down. kid on cake, I tell you now. <laughs> Oh, Oh, God, I'm going to be there. Fat kid on cake, I tell you. Anyway, this headline is male managers get significantly more every hour than female managers, according to the Australian Bureau of Statistics. Now, I pulled this one out of the women's agenda. There is a 19% gender gap in hourly earnings between men and women in managerial positions, according to new data from ABS. Men continue to earn more per hour than women on all eight major occupation groups, with those in sales experience the lowest pay gap of 7%. Now, Bjorn Jarvis, who heads up the ABS Labor Stats, said the hourly earning comparisons are a useful tool for considering the complexity of the gender pay gap. They Mm. are particularly useful in understanding the gender pay differences beyond weekly earnings measures, given women are more likely to be working part-time than men. Right. So 69% of part-time employees are women. 69% of part-time. Wow. Wow, yeah. that's interesting. So stat. that's a pretty big number. Yeah. So you've got to be aware that that hourly pay gap, because again, women, 
we go for the part-time jobs after having the kids so mm. you can manage the school hours, manage yeah. the household, do that second job you've got because it's really you're going to have two jobs, full-time jobs really, a part-time job and a full-time parenting job. So that's where that comes in. So just be mindful of that because, again, those labour stats are now going to be reported. Yeah, yeah, it's um, interesting, and we're in the, within the last month now to get all that information. Gee, it's going to be. We, we might even have to start a whole new podcast just on Majer that we do every so often. Are you just brainstorming on air? Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm just. Okay, I keep forgot we're on air. Because that's when you come out with stupid <laughs> idiot comments. <laughs> I'll try. Hey, last one I've got today is from LinkedIn. Job applications are the new golden goose for identity theft. It's been reported that there's been an increase of 88% on global identity theft over the past 12 months via job applications. Scammers post fake ads and scour the application, specifically resumes for details that will help steal identities. Things like driving license numbers, date of birth, passport numbers, tax file numbers, spouse details, address etc. are all being targeted by criminals. So my question is, is it time that we placed a warning on our ads and career sites for people to take this sort of shit off their resumes? Absolutely. You do not need to have that data other than your name, your phone number and your email Mm. on that and obviously your education, but you don't have to have any of the other data on there. So if you've got that data on your resume Take it off for your own personal security is my advice. Exactly right. Exactly right. Now, I think we've saved the best to last, haven't we? What have oh, you God, got this here? this is golden. <laughs> Absolute golden. I was in laughter, raptures of laughter. You were in raptures of laughter when we read this one. Now, I pulled this one from the Fin Review, everybody. Bomb, being the Bureau of Meteorology, scientists sacked for secretly working overseas. Oh, this article just kept on giving. It was like the little Christmas present you didn't know you needed, everyone. So the Bureau of Meteorology scientists has failed to get his job back after he was sacked for secretly working overseas for several weeks while telling his boss he was working from home. <laughs> The Fair Work Commission rejected research scientists, I will say, won't say his name, unfair dismissal claim and backed the bomb's case that lying to his boss without his, about his location, accessing his employer system from overseas without permission, had put the Commonwealth's IT network at risk, which I agree with. The ruling recognised the importance of cybersecurity in empl- the employer policy requirements for working remotely overseas, following the latitude granted to workers during the pandemic. While the employer's intentions may have been honourable in these circumstances, it is not for him to decide when and where he can do access his employer's IT networks without prior approval. But this one, it got better. The <laughs> more I read, the more I laughed out loud. It's So the guy's gone on a holiday to the US, right? He's taken his laptop and everything, gone on his holiday for his four weeks. Off he goes. That's fine. He's supposed to come back to work. He decided to stay in the US and work remotely for two weeks before actually coming home Um, and just told uh, his employer that he was actually working from home, which was a total and utter bullshit. So um, they asked for proof of this, which he refused to um, hand over. So... They ran a back check on the IP address. They got granular on this. They went nuts <laughs> and um, found that it was coming out of Austin, Texas. And um, then, of course, he wouldn't supply. So they contacted their mates over at the Department of Immigration and uh, found out what the dates were on his passport that he travelled and found out that he lied. Then while all this investigation was going on, it just gets better. He does it again. 
And then tries to tell everyone his passport was stolen. Oh, mate, just oh, give it up. Oh, my God. It's you... like, mate, just stop. It was like every time he got asked a question, he just grabbed that shovel and kept on digging. The digital was... nomad gets done. That's so oh, funny because he, he just kept saying, no, I'm at home. No, really I am. <laughs> But, but yeah. not signing into any meetings and um, uh, it yeah, missed. He actually missed meetings that he was supposed to chair. Ridiculous! I look. Mm. I've got problems with people at the bomb anyway because they never get anything right. But um, you'd think that you'd need to be if you're a research scientist on the local weather. You'd think you'd need to be right here and now when you're doing it, not halfway around the world but living I it think up. That it goes to show that if you're taking the piss out of this work from home thing, it's going to end up companies are going to really tighten their policies around this. So those few people who are out there ruining it for everybody um, just need to slap up the back of the head. But I just think that like, they're a government agency. They have got particular security things and that he is in data and he works on them. He should know this. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Crazy stuff, oh, and just the God. way, just the way he continually tried to say, "No, no, you're wrong. No, 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 oh, no." And then his pa- passport, oh, my passport got, got stolen. stolen. Oh my God! Oh my It's God. someone else this over there. The most <laughs> unluckiest man ever. <laughs> I remember a story someone was telling me a while ago about about eight times in one year their employer didn't pay them on time, and he kept on saying his bank got hacked. <laughs> eight times, Jesus. Once. Once you can sort of believe it. Yeah. Second, you're beginning to question his integrity. But the third time he says that just because he hasn't run payroll. Yeah. You're it's, fucking bullshit, man. It's like your grandma dying, isn't it? Well, so the dog ate your homework. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So now exactly. let's move on to events. I have one event and Ooh. that is tomorrow. On Thursday, the 1st of February, the Melbourne Recruitment Meetup has gone off with a bang. The role of DE&I in 2024 and beyond experts, perspectives and forecasts. It's going to be a panel discussion with three magnificent power-hitting women, including our own Nat Flynn. So that's going to be at the Mantel Group at 452 Flinders Street in Melbourne. So jump on to the Meetup Group on meetup.com and register to head along for beers, pizzas, and a good chat. Yeah, that's going to be fantastic. I've also got one from our great friends and partner, Indeed. Ooh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. This is going to be a fun event. It's I, going to be awesome. It will be amazing. Indeed Futureworks is on the 22nd of February. We're going to have some further details for you in how to get involved in the show notes, but also just before, we are going to be catching up with Indeed's marketing director on the podcast to chat through exactly what's going on. So really excited oh, for that one. It's going to be great. That is going to be bloody awesome so we're going to put that one out probably next week so you can get some more details about future works um Mm. in melbourne and it's going to be a pretty darn good event i must say so jump on and register your interest because it's an invite only event so if you're not in there to be registered you won't get an invite probably peeps exactly you won't so as we said we'll have more details coming on that fabulous event but i think this week that's pretty much our short and sweet uh end of first of february and uh end of jan and off we go into 2024 with a bang peeps yes that's a goodbye from me everyone and a goodbye from me Woohoo!